0: see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop off the line of scrimmage release off the line of scrimmage Back to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage it's all the release off the line of scrimmage
1: hey what's going on people episode 81 of off the line fantasy football podcast on this episode we are going to be hitting our bowl predictions so you know we're getting really close to the to the fantasy season now that we're, you know, talking about, you know, our actual players that we're kind of seeing their outlooks uh, for this regular season. So, Ike, the other host of the show, how you doing, too, man? I know you uh, enjoyed the the expo this past weekend. So, how you feeling?
0: Feeling feeling great, man. And yeah, to your point, yeah, the the expo was awesome. The expo was pretty cool. I was only able to stay for a day, again, of course. But next year, next year, I will be staying the entire weekend, and we're gonna get get fully active um at the expo. But yeah, I met a met a lot of dope people there. It was it was it was a fun time. The only the only thing that wasn't fun was the rain. It rained really, really bad at the plaza and we were had having to, you know, take shelter. Um, but hey, even while I was taking shelter, I had some pretty, you know, pretty cool conversations with, with, with many people there. But yeah, it was it was a fun time. It was a fun time. You know, I I look forward to going to it every year. But, you know, next year, most certainly gonna make them make the absolute most of it.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't get to go this year, but I'm definitely going to be sliding through there next year. Uh, hopefully, most of or all of DD would be able to go too. So, uh, but it looked like a lot of people slid through there. I, you know, we saw Des talking about he was going to go. He was there. We saw everybody take pictures with Lisa Ann, and you know, yeah. some of the some of the the bigger names that weren't there last year were definitely there this year. So it definitely looked like it was a good time. I know I saw uh, Fizzle Dollars. He uh he he slid through there, and he
0: Fizzle. He, uh, Shout he out Fizzle. All,
1: yeah, man. Fizzle was good. And he brought all his des jerseys, man, with him to get to get inside. So that was that was dope to see him Oh, Yeah, in he was Dez.
0: he was he was he was wearing a a he hate me jersey out there. Yeah, wow. I saw that boy. Yeah.
1: I saw...
0: <laughs> a throwback, a little throwback, a little throwback action.
1: Yeah, man. He was he was he was definitely flossing out there for sure.
0: Yeah. Um
1: shoot. Uh news, man. We we had a lot of news dropping. Uh majority of it was random black news, so we saw Dalvin Cook sign with the Jets, and then the next the next day we saw we saw get activated from the PUP. We saw our boy Zeke with the uh, new cut, new me, and then signs with the Pats. We saw Dobbins get uh come off the PUP. We saw Jonathan Taylor about to fold, showing showing back up the camp, but not practicing yet. Um, and then we saw a Rich. We saw a Rich drop a, a, a rap, a feature on a rap video, a rap song, and then he got announced that he was a uh, the week one started. Wait, you didn't see that?
0: I I guess, <laughs> I, I guess. Please, please tell me it wasn't trashed though. No. Mm. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Uh,
1: yeah, I would have to send that to you. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, send that joint to me, and well, I'll listen to it yeah, after the show, man. But I'm I surprised admit. you didn't
1: see that. It I was, was about to say Ill. it's like
0: if it was if it was fire, that's probably why he got nah. named the starter. <laughs> it was far,
1: If it was fire, you would have saw that joint.
0: But yeah, that's probably yeah. why I didn't see it. It's probably, you know, uh, uh, audio ambient, sleepy time yeah. music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, out the, but out of all the news, what, you, uh, what, what what stood out to you in terms of all this, all the news that dropped?
0: Well, it's the two, the, the two running back signings, Zeke signing with the Pats and Dalvin Cook signing with the Jets. Different, you know, definitely brings tandem backfields to, to the same division. The interesting thing about Dalvin Cook is that he's still what a week and a half away from practicing because he's still recovering from offseason shoulder surgery, and it's just ironic that they all of a sudden decided to activate Brees Hall from <laughs> from the pup list, literally 24 hours later. Very, yeah, yeah. you know, very, very interesting. But I mean, you know, Brees Hall is gonna fall in drafts. Dalvin Cook's gonna rise in drafts, at least as it stands right now. Or at least before the sign, before the you know the the activation for PUP, it seemed like Dalvin Cook was in line to you know to leave the backfield until Brees Hall ramps up. I think that's that still may be the plan. But me, if they're activating Brees Hall right now, who knows who knows how that split's going to go early in the season. But I, th- I think conventional wisdom would suggest that Dalvin Cook is just there you know, to, to, to help Reese Hall get up to speed or to get his legs under him. And then before you know it, by the end of the season, Brees Hall is fully a hundred percent. And then on, on the, on the Pat side, this just basically preserves Ramond, Ramondre Ron, Stevens's health. They don't want him to take, you know, 350 plus, you know, touches, you know, and carries and things of that nature. And, and Zeke is a good pass protector and he'll, he may take some goal line work, but, um, we're not, I'm ultimately not that much worried about Ramondre Stevenson because this was, this was expected, right? Nothing really changes too much about, you know, Ramondre Stevenson's outlooks. So I think his ADP had, had, you know, a veteran, a veteran running back being signed, kind of baked into the ADP. And so, I mean, cause if he had the, if he had the, you know, the, the, the backfield to himself, he would he'd probably be a first round pick, right? He'd be a first round pick. Maybe borderline second round pick because he finished as the RB seven last year, and so you know the Patriots signing a a veteran running back was already baked in. So people panicking, overreacting, victory lapping, saying, "Oh, I was fading Stevenson this whole time. This is why." Stop it. Just stop. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I. Um, yeah, I mean, he only had about fifty one percent of the rush share last year. I didn't think they wanted him to, you know, have a sixty plus percentage. Of the rush yards uh coming into the season, even though they're probably gonna be looking at him again to be taking a lot of the you know targets from the backfield. I mean, he had 16% target share last year. Uh, so it would be crazy to you know that, to hold that on top of you know, trying to rush him, give him the ball 60-70% of the the total rush years also. So it makes sense. I don't think this this doesn't do anything hit-wise in terms of his fantasy outlook for sure. Exactly. Uh and then with the And then with the Cook signing, um, you know, I didn't even realize that he still wasn't, you know, ready to go until today. That he was still trying to recover, almost fully recover from that that surgery. So, to me, even uh, even though he's still not not fully there, I still think this is something where Brees is definitely not going to have like the full the full load that a lot of people think. Cook signed for uh, what eight uh, a one year eight million dollar deal. So, that's a lot of money for somebody that. That's just that's allegedly supposed to be just a backup. That's not just a backup. That's not like a one A, one B situation in my in my opinion. Once once everybody gets going, I can't imagine it being something where Greece is like 70-30. I don't think that's gonna be the case at all.
0: Yeah, it they they said the deal's up to eight point six million. So if you I mean if you just take that eight point six million dollar number, that's top ten in the league, uh, top ten running back pay in the league. So he's gonna Dalvin Cook is gonna start games. Definitely gonna start games early on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he probably won't see all that money. I'm, I'm sure. It's yeah, incentivized where he has to start a, a, a bunch of games or rush over a thousand yards or something. I can't.
0: Te- you know team s- team success and yeah receptions, whatever the case is, they have all these goofy yeah. incentives. Oh so, yeah, it's probably yeah. something like that. Yeah,
1: a Rich is the the week one starter. Uh, I did not see that one come out. I thought Michu was gonna start a few games before they. Get him in there, but they're just like, nope. Let's let's go. Let's get it going. So I, I like the blame move. Him. I like it. Yeah, you,
0: know, you just you, you get it out of the way early. You, you know, let him let him earn his lumps. You know he's gonna give you some really good weeks. He can give you some really bad weeks. That's that's what you take with a, a rookie as talented as uh, Anthony Richardson. So you, you the the best thing, the best way to develop him, at least this, this day and age, in a passing league, is to put him out there and play from day one. And I I'm I'm actually this is a good move for the Colts. Just you know, just basically saying, hey, look, we're just gonna we, we drafted the number four overall we just need to play him he needs the experience we need to play him so yep. kudos to them
1: yep if we're gonna be bad we're gonna be bad that's cool we don't care yep um unlike what san francisco did with with trey Lance, but let me not even get that started
0: hey, hey, um not don't, don't get me started <laughs>
1: yeah. uh and then also uh the commanders and the ravens they you saw how active they were on the on the joint practice fields they every t- every uh clip they kept showing was somebody getting slung to the ground and it was it was the Washington commanders that were eating grass. So it was interesting yeah. to see all them, all them little scuffles with that. So, um, pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Training I, I camp fights
0: couple. are always entertaining, always entertaining. So yeah, I, I, I had, you, you just sent me one of the videos before we, before the show. So I, and I saw, uh, Emmanuel Forbes just get flung by Devin <laughs> Duvernay because that dude, what, 175 pounds over, you know, six foot, six one. Yeah, and he just got flung. Like he immediately took flight. As soon as as soon as Duvernay grabbed his jersey, he was in the air. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. so I'm like damn.
1: <laughs> and DuVernay, like five, nine, five, ten, one, eighty, and he just threw him like, like uh like they did on, on uh Fresh Prince when they threw Jazz out the house. Throwing,
0: throwing jazz at the house, throw him out, throw him man. out, throw him out the house.
1: Man. All right, bold predictions, man. I, I this is one of the the funner episodes I like doing, especially before the season gets started. Where we can, you know, have a little fun and you know, you know, try to give a, a perception of what we think this player can or cannot do for the for the upcoming season. So it I'm is, going to
0: do it at the same time, around the same time last year.
1: Yeah, that's true. All right. So I'ma get it started. Um, with my first bowl prediction. I'm gonna I'm gonna start it off light before we get before we get in in the in the good in the good stuff. So my first one is Deontay Johnson. Right now in redraft, he's going wide receiver 33, 79th overall, and I have him as a top 15 wide receiver uh, finish this coming season. Uh, For me, he's a positive regression candidate. He finished wide receiver 29 last year. He was 11th in receptions, 8th in targets with over 130 targets, zero touchdowns, if you can even imagine that. He was the only wide receiver with at least 120 targets that did not finish in the top 24 total uh, for the season. He was the only wide receiver at that same group that didn't even have a touchdown. He's also the only wide receiver in the top finishing the top 30 did not have at least 30% of his weekly finishes inside the top 24. He was at 19%. Everybody else was like at least 30, 32%, which is pretty wild for somebody to, you know, accumulate those type of stats for, for a full season. Um, and another reason why I think he'll be a he's a, he's he should see some some positive regression. The the setup is the exact same as last year. Same same coordinator that that everybody thinks is trash, still there. They improved the offensive line. You got the same quarterback. You got basically the same the same weapons are still there. Um, Allen Robinson is not a factor. He's he's dust. So Relax. I think <laughs> so I think. All those things on top of, you know, if you look at uh, expected fantasy points scored last year, he's he was number one in terms of wide receivers that scored uh, way under his uh, expected fantasy score. He scored 77 points less than he was expected to score. So that has to regress to the mean in some this coming season, I would assume, with the progression of Kenny Pickett being in the, in the system for the second year. Um, and like I said, again, the, the environment is the exact same. Uh, the only thing that I think that might hold him back is the fact that the yards per route run was at 1.48, which is, that's uh, it was way down there. I can't even, I can't even remember what, what, what that ranked, but that's, that's pretty, pretty putrid. That's wide receiver three, wide receiver four type of, of route running metric. So wide receiver 15, top 15 for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh- you, you said it's light. That's a light one, right? That's a light one. I, I think I think most of the fantasy community is expecting a bounce back from Deontay Johnson after being top seven in targets for the last three years, and last year having forty four percent of the Steelers' red zone targets. Um, but um, a note about his his yards per route run that also factors in quarterback play, and the quarterback play yes. was pathetic. Right? Kenny Pickett yeah. was bad. I think he had like a one point nine or barely two percent touchdown rate last year. So all that stuff will will definitely uh be much, much better in twenty twenty-three. So yeah, no Deontay Johnson, a t- t- top fifteen wide receiver. Uh, I think, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna have a lot of him in on under the dog drafts and in some redraft leagues as well. So, you know, that I I do like that call. All right, so now let's let's shift gears to my first bowl prediction. Um I know there was so actually let me ask you a question. So you you're you you saw the Broncos first preseason game there's a bunch of stuff coming out of that, right? And the one the one that you wanted to, the the one piece of news that got you know caught a lot of people off guard was well Adam Troutman played all these snaps, right? He's he's he he outsnapped uh, Greg Dolchich and this, that and the third. So anything with, with regards to the you know the Adam Troutman usage, I know he got the first two targets of the game and this, that and the third. So with with the usage of Greg uh, with uh, Adam Troutman, are you worried at all for Greg Dolchich? Just before I before I start my before I Start my prediction um,
1: honestly, no he what did he do when 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 Peyton had him in with the Saints? he didn't do anything um I know he's what year three, year four now, maybe he's more mature, but if anything, he'd be the blocking back um Dolchitz is not much of a blocker he's he's the athlete, so I don't think it really does too much
0: okay, good, because with that being said, I'm not worried about it either. So my ball prediction for the twenty twenty-three season, my first one is Greg Dolchich will finish as a top five tight end. We 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 gonna start we're gonna start it. We're gonna start it off the right way. Um and, and Sean Payton, you want, you wanna talk about, you know, tight ends and a Sean Payton. Sean Payton has had four tight ends finish in the top ten uh, throughout his career, right? But I think if if you look at all the tight ends that he's had, he's had Jimmy Graham, he's had Ben uh uh Benjamin Watson, he's had, you know, Taysom Hill played a little tight end, but um, he's had all kinds of tight ends, right? After Greg Dulcich saw the field for the first time in Week Six, remember he caught that thirty-nine yarder, that thirty-nine yard, thirty-nine yard touchdown against the Chargers. So after he saw the field, he had five top twelve finishes, including a tight end two finish in Week Thirteen, and he averaged forty-three point one yards per game as a rookie, and that's one of five rookie tight ends um, over, I think, the last five years to do that. And each tight end that's done that, they've had a top six finish either their following year or at some point in their fantasy careers. And so, and I, and I, and my bold prediction here is, is top five. Uh, Sean Payton was taught, you know, talked about him pretty, you know, glowingly early in the off season, even before training camp, even during training camp, and called him his Joker. And that Joker is a guy that, you know, they, they line him up everywhere, create mismatches for the defense. They'll move him around, things of that nature. And Greg Dulcich is a pretty, pretty decent, pretty decent athlete. And in, in the fantasy landscape, You would like to target late round tight ends and tight ends going into their second or third year. Craig Dolch's judge fit that mold. And last year, his target share per game was 17.6, which is pretty damn good um, for a rookie tight end. So him commanding targets, uh, he had six catches of 20 plus yards uh, down the field, three catches of 30 plus yards. And if you remember that that Broncos offense, they were, I think, dead last in scoring or somewhere close to it. They were pretty damn bad. And, you know, he was still commanding targets down the field. He was third in ADOT and deep targets. So he's going to be used a lot up the seam. He's maybe the slot guy. You know, the Broncos did have you know, a couple of injuries. Tim Patrick towards Achilles. K.J. Hamler is, is, out, is out with an injury. Marvin Mims has a hamstring injury right now, the rookie from, you know, the, the rookie out of Oklahoma. So it's, it's Jerry Judy. It's Cortland Sutton, who a lot of people are pretty down on or have been pretty down on over the last couple of years. And then you got Greg Dolchich. I'm not worried about the the, the the Adam Troutman usage because as an inline blocker and as an inline tight end, that's probably not how Greg Dulcich was going to be used in the first place, right? He was going to be mostly in the slot. So I like Greg Dilchich's, um outlook a lot um, in 2023, and I think he can be a top five tight end.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't hate that at all. Actually, I don't have any anything against that. I don't. I, I know at first when I saw the Alan Trotman, I was just like, oh, yeah, they trust him more because of his ability to block. And then I had to think about it. I was like, he's, he was with the Saints, and he didn't do a jack squat. I understand they traded for him, but he's going to be there probably to block, not you know stretch the field like Greg Dol- Dolchitz can. So, um, yeah, I, I, I feel that one a lot. I like that one. Yeah. All right. So, since you went tight end, let me go ahead and hit my tight end. I got George Kittle. He was tight in four. Uh, he is currently tight end four, going uh 48th overall. So at the end of the fourth round. And I have him not to finish as a top seven tight end this coming season. I believe he's a regression candidate. I know last year he finished tight end four, tight end three in points per game at 13, 13 points. Uh he scored almost 40 points over expected. Uh, and that was mainly due to the nine touchdowns he scored. All after CMC joined the team, I think he averaged basically. When CMC uh joined the team and Purdy was a starter, he averaged four catches, fifty-six yards, and a touchdown every game. He's, he averaged a touchdown a game, which is crazy because he, I think, he had four. He had three games where he had two touchdowns, and if you count Week 18, then it would be it would be four. So, and this is on, on only on five point six targets, fifteen fantasy points per game. So. That's an outrageous, uh, you know. Efficiency for for somebody that is in a pass offense where they were bottom seventh, I think they were seventh lowest pass per, uh, attempts per game, and I don't expect them to that to change this coming season because of again, Brock Purdy's a game manager. That's what the type of offense that they they run in San Francisco, so it's very efficient. Uh, and you got all those returning weapons. You got you, you got Debo that's supposed to be in his best shape of his life. You got. Brandy Ayuk, that's supposed to be the guy with all the glowing reports that he's getting. And then you still got CMC. If you even saw last year when CMC was on the team, Kittle was basically the fourth option. He was the guy that basically nobody really covered. And if Purdy saw him, then he probably scored. So I don't think I want to bet on that type of efficiency for a tight end that's going at the end of the round four. I think that's pretty high. And even still, just to, to add on to him being the fourth option, he only averaged... He only had a 17% target share after CMC joined the team. Everybody else on the team had at least 22%. So, 17% that's that's cool. I mean, all the other top tight ends they average, what 25, 26, 27%. So, again, somebody going that high, I don't think I I want to bet on. I don't I don't want to bet on that. And on top of everything else, he's lining up in line even more at a higher rate than he did last year. And then this year, I'm assuming he'll be in there again because the O line. They lost McGlinchy the and I believe they lost another player. So they're probably gonna be expecting him to to block even more than he did this past season. So all that, I think George Kittle would not finish the top seven tight end this season.
0: Um, you know, I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, I know Kittle, he's he's been efficient his his entire career, but from the from the from a touchdown standpoint, he's always fallen short in that department. Maybe this was one of those breakout years from a touchdown standpoint that he was going to have, or maybe one of those outlier touchdown years, because you said he scored what 40 points plus uh, over expected mm-hmm. uh, way more than he should have scored. But you know, he's, he was, he still get targeted in the red zone. He was one of 10 tight ends to get targeted, um, you know, f- 15 plus times in the red zone. And he still has strong yards per route run numbers at 2.06. And he was fourth amongst tight ends. So the, some of the, some of the, you know, underlying mentors are still strong for Kittle, but, I am. I am with you with regards to his 2022 being I mean, kind of like an outlier year for touchdowns. I don't think he'll come close to 11 touchdowns again. I think he'll probably settle somewhere around, you know, six to eight. You know, six to eight would be, you know, cool, right? Because he was kind of around like, you know, four, you know, four to like six, you know, mm-hmm. throughout most of his career. Um, so, um, outside of the top seven, I mean, oh, it's you
1: know, hard, I, I, gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard because of. I mean, all you gotta do is get eighty. If you get eighty targets, you're probably gonna be.
0: You, top you're you're probably for sure. locked in. You're locked into the top top ten at twelve, at least. yeah. The top twelve at and least. If, yeah. And if he if
1: falls eight, in eight, the 30. end zone like five six times, and he, accidentally be top seven. So yeah, a, I know guy borderline.
0: Yeah, a guy. Yeah, a guy is talented as Kittle. I mean, he you know, all he needs is a couple, you know, a couple of catches, and he'll he can just take it to the house at any given moment of time. So um, this is this is this is a, a, a risky one, but I I get. I get why you know he would be a re- a regression candidate, and he would be, you know, uh, he would fall outside of the top seven. So I I, I get it. All right, my next one. I think a lot of the uh, fantasy community they've been pretty high on this guy all offseason since uh, since Dalvin Cook got released. But uh, Alexander Madison, I am I've been very vocal on Twitter about how I'm fading him. And this bold prediction is no different. This bold prediction, Alexander Madison will finish outside of the top 30 running backs in 2023. Currently going off the board as an RB18 on underdog, I, he's being drafted ahead of Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, J.K. Dobbins, Rashad White, David Montgomery. Guys that have, I think, you know, better athleticism, more upside. You know, Montgomery, a better offense. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, better offense. Damian Pierce has the opportunity. Cam Akers, we saw what he did over the last, like, four or five weeks in 2022. Hopefully, he can continue that trend. Um, Alexander Madison, I mean, a lot of people are, you know, they're Ving his insurance weeks. And, and for the Excel users, control-V is paste, right? It's copy-paste uh, for the Excel users. Right. Um, they're, they're, they're just control being his, you know, his, his fi- what five games of, of production in relief of Dalvin Cook, where he played 50 plus percent, uh, where he had a 50 plus percent snap share. But guess what, though? He played the Lions three times in that in that span and the Seahawks once and they were all terrible versus running backs. So, of course, he's going to eat. Dalvin Cook eats against the Lions. Anybody eat like especially in the past he eats against, they're going to eat against the Lions. And then in the 2022, Dalvin Cook was, you know, according to, you know, to everybody you know, that, that, that charts these things was pretty much on the decline, right? He was last in rush yards over expected. Total rush yards over expected. Dalvin Cook was last, right? So why didn't Alexander Madison play more? Ask yourself that question. Why didn't Alexander Madison play more? Well, he did have his lowest touches in his four-year career. So why didn't why couldn't he get on the field more, right? I mean, because he's he's not that talented. He's not that talented. I mean, I, I think a, a lot of people need to. There's a lot of cautionary tales, um, with these career backups that get thrusted into starters' roles. Um, we've seen it with C.J. Anderson. We saw it with Mike Davis. These guys, they 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 had some you know, decent su- success in spots and spot starts, but when they are relied upon for a full season. We saw Mike Davis fall flat on his face. Most recently, I think 2021, 2020, I can't remember what year it was. It was very, very recent. Uh, You know, Minnesota last year, they were 26th in fantasy usage and then Dalvin Cook. He finished 15th in in points per game. Do you think – do you see Alexander Madison exceeding expectations like that? He's not nearly the talent Dalvin Cook is, right? Not nearly the talent Dalvin Cook. Um, But, you know, last thing, uh, over the past three seasons, I can't remember uh, who who tweeted this out, but shout out to whoever did. But over the last three seasons, there have been 84 running backs that have 30 or more rush attempts against a light box. And what is a light box? It's basically six defenders or fewer. Alexander Madison ranked dead last in yards per carry at 3.4. Dead last in yards per carry at 3.4. And if you want to talk about yards per carry in general, he was at 3.8 and 3.9 over the last two years while dalvin cook was 4.7 and 4.4 and so again what is the allure with alexander madison outside of those insurance weeks that he's in relief of dalvin cook him being drafted as the RB 18 is is absolutely insane to me it always has been and i don't think he finishes outside of the top 30 because he's just he's just not that good i mean he had what one breakaway run all of, all of last year <laughs> one <laughs> according according to com. i'm just i'm just not in i i he's one of my biggest fades in 2023
1: i i can't i can't go against you here i don't really expect madison to be this guy that a lot of people are ex, ex, uh, expecting him to be i mean we've we're seeing reports already of you know the vikings looking to bring in other running backs i think they they tried out Mike Davis, and there was a couple other people they tried out also. Uh, I know
0: that Kareem people. Hunt was on a visit there, yeah, not too long ago.
1: I can't imagine them believing in him to the beat the Dalvin Cook. Just oh yeah, we we don't have Dalvin Cook, so here's the exact replacement. I don't think that's the case. And on top of everything else, the Vikings defense is probably even worse than it was last year. They lost their top four corners uh, to free agency. I, I expect them to throw the ball even more than they did last year. Uh, so I don't see. I don't see Alexander Madison to be that pass catching back that that I'm projecting for this offense because of them being in a bunch of shootouts. I mean, that's what they have Ty Chandler there for that. He profiles better as a a receiving back if they even throw to the running back. I mean, they got a bunch of weapons. They got Jefferson. They got Addison. They got KJ Osborne. They got Hawkinson if they figure out that contract situation. So there's a bunch of weapons the environment for you know madison to return that rb 18 i don't think it's i don't think it's going to happen
0: and 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 a note about the throwing to the backs uh that's probably why i mean they didn't they weren't throwing to the backs that much that's why minnesota was 26 in running back fantasy usage right because if you're Mm -hmm. throwing to the backs it means you're getting you know if you're if you're if you're much higher in fantasy usage um at a position means you're throwing to your backs pretty frequently minnesota wasn't doing that and and even if they were throwing to alexander madison he's terrible as a receiver He was, I think he had like a 0.73 yards per route run, which is embarrassing for a running back. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: on top of that, those uh, targets, I think Minnesota was, if I see that correctly, they were bottom, they were 22nd in targets to running backs in the league. So, and and Dalvin Cook had uh, almost 67% of those. So I don't expect, you know, you just copy and paste and put in Madison, he's going to get that same line share of targets to him. So,
0: and, I pe- and people hear. and people want to claim that oh no we're not copying pasting we're no 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 nah, you are you, got... you yeah. are that's why you think I'm Alexander Madison's going to be good because you think he's going to do more that he's he's basically just going to continue on his twenty points um, per game no he's not going to do that he's not going to do that because each time each time he had a successful game he, he followed it up with a bunch of nothing with a bunch of nothing has sure he done did. that consecutive like weeks no he's not no yeah, he has, he put- has not.
1: They, they put Calvin back in and Madison was just reduced to holding his helmet. So,
0: yes, and, and his water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Ike from Off the Line Fantasy Football. I'm excited to announce that Destination Devi is partnering with Underdog Fantasy for the 2023 season. There's no better way to put your skills to the test against me and other top fantasy football analysts this offseason. But here's the best part. If you use promo code OTLFF when signing up, you'll get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. And if you deposit $10, you'll get access to strategize with us in the Destination Devi Discord. Now, why is this important? You get additional stats, additional tips, and much more to dominate your drafts. And plus, and, you know, we got all the information. We got all of the EDU for you. So what are you waiting for? Head over to underdogfancy.com, sign up, and let's make this season one for the books.
1: All right, so my third bowl prediction is also a running back. My last two are running backs. I have Travis Etienne. He's going right now RB12, 31 overall, so he's going middle of the third round. And I have – he will not be a top 18 RB this, this coming season. I know last year he finished RB17. RB twenty two in points per game with just under thirteen, but I do not think he'll be a good return on your investment. Now the good things that he did last year, he did have over fourteen hundred total yards last year, but only five touchdowns on two hundred and fifty five touches. So, I mean that's a pretty bad, that's a pretty pretty bad percentage in in terms of touches to touchdowns, uh, with somebody that had over sixty percent opportunity share. I think he was one of like sixteen, no one of. I think one of 13 backs that had over 60% opportunity share of that's opportunity, meaning uh, targets and touches in terms of uh, rush attempts. Uh, I think he, he handled 49% of the rush attempts. He was fifth in breakaway runs. He was seventh in stuff rate. He was ninth in red zone touches, but he was, he was really bad at the goal line. I think he had 14 touches inside the five, which was 10th in the league, but only resulting in three touchdowns. And on top of that, they mixed in people like Daryl Henderson, who they signed off off the street off the halfway street. through the seat, and gave him goal line work. They gave Jamichael Hasty, who was like my size, goal line work. They gave Snoop Connor goal line work. They even T Law was was running uh, bootlegs to the end zone because they couldn't trust Travis Etienne to punch in an end zone. Just all those things. We on top of that, we saw Etienne have a seven point three percent target share for somebody that people kept touting that he was a receiving back. And I kept trying to when I kept trying to tell you, tell people that he was not. It looked like he was, but all the balls he caught were behind the line of scrimmage. He was, and that target share was 30, 31st out of thirty nine qualifying running backs that had at least 30, 30 targets. Mm. Not, uh, I think he had nine point eight PFF receiving grade, which is second worst in with uh, qualifying backs. Nine point eight. How do you even? How do you even do that? How do you do that? You, couldn't even do, you, do you that? couldn't
0: even do that. You couldn't even do that with that. Oh my God! Wow.
1: But, and and then you mix all this together, and you know Peterson likes using multiple backs. As I just rounded off all the random backs that he used in the goal line. Uh, he, I think, um, yeah. This this staff did not draft Etn. That was that was our our, our guy. Uh,
0: Urban Meyer. <laughs>
1: Urban Meyer that uh, drafted him in the first round. They uh, this staff drafted Tank Bisbee in the third round. You keep hearing all the good things they like about him. He's bigger than him. He can catch just like him, if not better. He's good at pass pro already. They've been talking about so, and they've already been talking that they're they're definitely going to be giving him a chance to you know to show what he can do. And we know he's going to be using the season. So it'd be interesting to see overall how they use ETN. I, for me, I just foresee him to be in between the twenties. I don't think they're using him in the red zone at all. So. With all that, if you're not going to be using the red zone, then I can't, there's no way that you're going to be a top 18 back unless your offense C is crazy. So that's my bold prediction for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's not there's not too much to add there. He only had a 20% TV rate of carries inside the five. That was like 24th. Um, I don't know how many qualifying running backs, but that was bad because if you look at number one, Austin Eckler was at 75%. So that just tell, kind of tells you how bad ETN was, and that's, precisely why they drafted Tank Bigsby because they feel like he can get some of those goal line touches and actually convert them into touchdowns and you know we did see we did see a lot of Trevor Lawrence have a, have a couple of sneaks here and there even Jermichael Hasty he actually out snapped uh, Travis Etienne in the divisional playoff game um, against the Chiefs so yeah there's a lot to like about the Etienne in 2022 I mean he was number one in rush yards over expected he was fourth in rush yards over expected per attempt so he was and as a as a rusher between the twenties, he was pretty good, right? He was pretty good, but again, putrid as a receiver, putrid inside the five, putrid at the goal line, and for for a guy that's getting that many touches and that many opportunities, I I just and, and him not being able to convert them, I I, I just I, I can't I can't get behind. And I've been actually um, avoiding ETN a lot in drafts because in that range, he's going in that the the the, the gross Najee Harris, Travis ETN. Uh, yep. range of running backs and I, i'm just not messing with them i'd rather draft lamar jackson there i'd rather draft uh, justin fields or dj moore to get that stat going i, I would rather draft christian watson you know p- you know players like that are more alluring to me in that range than than etn and Najee harris
1: yeah i i agree there. i've been definitely evading evading it away from travis etn around that range it just doesn't make sense to me at all
0: all right my uh this is going to be one of my, one of my biggest bold predictions for the 2023 season. Um, there, how, many, how many passers have thrown for over 4,000 yards in Chicago, Bears history? Zero. There, have, there hasn't been any? mm Oh, that's right. Because in 2023, there's going to be one. Justin Fields will throw 4,000 yards and 25-plus touchdowns in 20. 23. That's right. That's right. Now hear, me, now hear me out. Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Dead last in pass attempts. Dead last in pass attempts per game. Dead last in pass rate over expect. You, you just name it. Anything related to passing, they were last. Right? On a per game basis, they were last. But did you know that Justin Fields was sixth in touchdown rate last season. That was actually better than Jalen Hurts in 2022. He was sixth. Now, if you take the NFL average of passing yards in 2022, you get 218.1, right? You get 218.1. If you extrapolate that over a 17-game season, that gives you around 3,700, right? It gives you around 3,700. I think that's the amount that Jalen Hurts threw for 20, in 2022, his breakout year with his new wide receiver one in A.J. Brown, right? But if he what if, what if he's above average? What if he's better than average? What if he's at 230? What if he's at 240? That puts him right at 4,000 yards, just over 4,000 yards, right? So if you go back to his time at Ohio State, in 2020, let's say his, 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 last, his last collegiate season in 2020, I know it was shortened because of COVID. In eight games, he averaged 262 yards passing per game. Obviously, throwing to all-world receivers, Chris Olave and those guys, Garrett Wilson, um, in 2019, he averaged 233 games, 233 yards in 14 games. But again, if you extrapolate that over 17, that puts him right around 4,000 yards passing. But... I mentioned Jalen Hurts for a reason, because there's a lot of similarities in their in their season before they acquired a number one receiver. So in 2021, let's go back to 2021. Jalen Hurts completed just 61.3 percent of his passes. I think in 2022, Justin Fields, what was he around with? 60 percent, lower than 60 percent, or something like that. It was a you know kind of kind of in a similar range. But also in that season, Jalen Hurts attempted a league-low 432 passes. So Justin Fields, league-low 318. Jalen Hurts, league-low 432. And Jalen Hurts threw for just 3,144 yards and 16 touchdowns. Justin Fields threw for, what, 20, you know, just over 23, 2400 yards and 17 touchdowns. Like I said, he has that higher touchdown uh, TD rate. So there's a lot of similarities there. And then the year and then the year after Jalen Hurts exploded, had the, you know, the MVP MVP type year because they acquired AJ Brown from the Titans, Justin Fields, similar similarly, the Chicago Bears, they you know, acquired DJ Moore, um, from the Carolina Panthers. And we saw what they did in the preseason, uh, that first game. Um, I'm not even factoring that into my analysis here. Um, because I I'm already hip to it, right? They're my highest-owned stack on underdog right now. Point-blank period. Point-blank period, right? But DraftKings has Justin Fields at 2,850.5 passing yards, um, minus 110 over under. That is disrespectful. Uh, That is absurd. And I am smashing the over on that. But his passing touchdowns is 18.5. The over is plus 110. Juice to the under, minus 130. Another over, so with that said, again, Justin Fields will have four thousand plus yards passing and twenty five plus touchdowns again, his td rate was high last year, throwing to a bunch of nobodies. Cole Komet is, a, is a decent tight end. Darnell Mooney is best suited as a number two wide receiver, not a number one and it, and it showed uh, so again, if if Justin Fields comes close to the NFL or it exceeds the NFL average in passing yards he'll He'll definitely get to that um, four thousand yard uh, um, threshold, and he can get twenty five touchdowns if he gets somewhere close to the league average in attempts. Maybe, maybe a little bit lower, five fifty, something, something along those lines, five hundred. I think he can get to twenty five touchdowns. So there it is, Justin Fields, four K and twenty five TDs. Book it.
1: Book wow, it. that. um that um really took me by surprise there. I knew you were gonna, I knew it was going to be something positive, but I didn't think it was going to be that. I can I, I hear you. Um but he's going to need a historic type of rise in terms of pass attempts per game going from 22 to even like 30 is something that hasn't really been done in the league from one season to the next and if you add 8 attempts per game I'm not sure if that's going to cover like the 1200 you need to get to the 4000 based off the over under but I will say that he was top he was tops in the league last year in terms of deep percentage passes at 14 and I know that's one of the things that uh, DJ Moore is really good at is uh catching the deep ball. Uh I will say again that um he has some things going against him like the no, you know, his, his pressure rate was, I think, amongst the highest in the league. I know they improved the offensive line. We still got to see it. But I think he was top three in terms of pressure rate. He was, I think, number one in, in sack rate. He was – his CP, CPOE was amongst bottom – I think bottom eight with 32 qualifying quarterbacks. I think he was at 0. .4,
0: which is yeah, bad. pretty – bad.
1: Pretty hard to do, but,
0: .4. But it, it's also – you have to factor in his wide receiver group
1: if yep. you look at uh,
0: yeah. every single like advanced metric as a group they were dead last. Yeah. Almost yep. every single di- almost every single advanced metric they were dead last as a group. And so um and you automatically upgrade that with DJ, with you know, with the addition of DJ Moore. So again, like there's there's things working against him, but there's also things working in his favor, especially they they made a concerted effort to help out their franchise quarterback. I mean, imagine that, right? Imagine a franchise going out of their way to help their franchise quarterback be successful. I mean, yeah. I, to, yeah. To, <laughs> to,
1: <laughs> now, not, now, now the similarities to him and Hertz is like, I didn't even think about it till you start spilling out It's basically like one for one. Cause even remember, even the setup with Hertz, this was going to be last year was supposed to be his make or break it year in terms of them looking for another quarterback. This is the same thing for, for fields because this, this, uh, this regime did not draft him. They owe him nothing. If he can't, can't figure it out this year or even show glimpses that he can do it
0: we we talked about on the show like before yeah. the 2022 season that hey they have two first round picks and they can do whatever they want with that the other first round pick if jalen hurts yep. doesn't get it together we, we we talked about that yep we did so yeah i mean this is this is another this is a, uh, also a break a make a break year for justin fields but i'm confident that it can happen and they they've equipped him with you know the tools to be successful so yeah now he's just yeah, gonna go out, now he's just gotta go out there and do it
1: yeah I like how aggressive that is. all right, so with those numbers that you project for him, where is his finish? Because we saw him without even doing all this, he finished what QB six, so where do you think he finishes if he puts those numbers up?
0: well if he if he puts these numbers up, I think the rush the rushing yards and the rushing touchdowns will probably take a hit. so yeah. i mean I, I don't I don't see that out of the realm of possibility in finishing top three or top four. I mean yeah, if, he, if he's yeah, top I mean, three, I mean he can probably finish top three at least. Yeah, so that
1: means, some, well, that means he's pushing somebody out then. Who do you think he pushes out if he finishes top three?
0: I think he pushes out Josh Allen. Mm. I think he pushes out Josh Allen because Josh Allen's been so hot for so long, and I, I think that mm. he may be due for some regression uh, in 2023. Mm. So, I mean, there, that's, there's a possibility of, of that happening. I think Jalen mm. Hurts is ascending. Mahomes is Mahomes. The only uh, just, just by default, I mean, I'm not saying that Josh Allen is going to decline, and, but I'm just saying there's a, there's a chance and there's a path for that to happen. Based on, you know, he, he's he's been he's just been doing, you know, just doing at a high level for so long. And he's he's the one guy that I would probably pinpoint as, as potentially potentially pushing out because Mahomes okay. is, Mahomes is Mahomes Hurts is ascending. And then, yeah. So that would probably be the guy. But if he doesn't, if it feels doesn't crack the top three, he'll be top four um, for sure.
1: OK, it's funny you brought up the bills because a player that I want to talk about for a bowl prediction is the bills. I believe the the new starting running back. I know you kind of you kind of try to get me here, but now I'm here now. I'm here now. James Cook, man. You know, Do last it. year he was, he was he was he was a rookie last year, so he kind of spelled uh, David uh, you know, Devin Singletary here and there. And when he came in, he looked really explosive. Now we're seeing him this coming year. It looks like that they're leaning on him to be the guy.
0: He is already thirty. I'll be
1: 30, 70, 79th overall, and I have him being a top-12 running back this coming season. Man, let's go. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, man. I'm I'm here. I'm all the way here, man. You, you got me. All right, so last year we saw Singletary have 42% of the rushes. Cook had 20, and Cook, out of that 20%, he had 80 attempts for 405 yards, which was, what, 5? A little more than five and a half per carry, which was uh, amongst the tops in the league for somebody that only did, didn't really uh, attempt the ball at all. I think he was number two in yards per carry with at least fifty temp, uh, attempts. Number one in explosive runs over fifteen yards at thirteen point eight. Fifty-three percent, fifty almost fifty-four percent of his total run rush yards were from explosive runs. Uh, something that 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 offense desperately needed from their starter and they couldn't get it uh i know he only had under six target share but of course he didn't he wasn't in in many in many snaps but when he was in uh we saw him finish ninth in running backs for yards per route run at 1.76 he was 10th in uh, fantasy points per route run he was fourth in ada at 2.5 so this is a guy that's running routes in front of the line of screens not behind it uh six in air yards at running back. Again, this is a running back that that played what 25% of the snap uh, of share uh, snap share per game. So I think these name these numbers are are pretty pretty good. Uh and then on top of that, 84 of the 109 previous uh, running back targets are gone. Naheem Hines getting hurt and Devin Singletary going to the to the Texans. Uh Bills were tenth in, in, in running back targets last year which is you know when we hear about uh scrambling tar- uh quarterbacks or quarterbacks that that have the tendency to run they usually don't target the, the the running backs but Josh Allen he actually did target the running backs at a higher rate than most last year um we did see Singletary also handle almost 41% of the the uh the rush the rushing un- inside the five within that same period of last year Cook didn't handle any of them so We did see that the Bills brought in Latavius Murray and Damian Harris, who are both fighting for the number two role. I'm imagining one of them will probably be in the mix in terms of handling uh, those inside the five carries for sure. And, I mean, all this is predicated around, you know, giving at least what the Bills gave Singletary last year. I believe if he gets at least that type of share, then Cook can easily be top 12 uh, with the metrics uh, that I ran ran off in terms of passing wise, so top twelve, man. I don't, I, I'm I'm on the other side. So what you got?
0: I'm I'm just I'm just glad you 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 got there. I'm just glad you're there. <laughs> I'm well, welcome aboard. <laughs> uh, I, I can, can I offer you some refreshments? Oh um, uh, man, let, let's let's go. We 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 see the vision. James Cook is is super talented, and he was eighth in uh, PFF pass uh, receiving grade amongst 55 qualifying running backs last year. Uh, much better receiver had a better you know, college, you know college receiving profile coming out of georgia uh yeah man there's 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 a lot to like damien harris is currently injured right now and even before mm-hmm. he got even before he got injured uh he was battling actually battling with Latavius Murray in training camp and then a lot of people were, were saying well he's not going to get all the you know james cook is not going to get all his carry he's not going to get any red zone carries that's i mean that's fine I maybe mean, but damon harris i mean he's He's been injured. He's been injured over the last several years. Hamstring injuries keep, continues to re-aggravate it. 2019, 2021, 2022. Yeah. Twice in 2022, actually. And so, yeah. yes, he had the one year where he had 15 touchdowns, but he's only had five in his, in his other three NFL seasons. And so five combined. And so was, is he closer to the 15-touchdown guy or is he closer to the, the three-to-five touchdown guy? Like, what is he? We don't know what he is um so yeah i i love james cook this year been drafting a ton of him on underdog and that's only going to go up from here
1: yep me too man i've been i've been dabbling in in the fast drafts as of late and i can't smash the the james cook button fast enough and i'm even reaching for him at this point because we're at the point of the season where you know you see adp but you want to kind of it's cool but i need to i need to go get my guys man if if, if that's who you believe in so i think we're at that. We're at that part of the program now. So I've been getting him in his, the what, sixth, seventh round with his ADP sitting around the eighth. So I, I, can't, I can't hit him fast enough, honestly.
0: All right, so my next uh, ball prediction, we're going to go out to the NFC West, more specifically the Pacific Northwest. And we're going to talk about the wide receiver room in Seattle. Mm. D.K. Metcalf. They, uh, a lot of people are spooked that they drafted Jackson, Smith, and Jigba in the first round. A lot of people are spooked. you know, Tyler Lockett truthers, including myself, they said they say that they're spooked. I'm not spooked. Um and I'm not spooked about DK Metcalf because my bold prediction is that he's gonna finish as a top six wide receiver in twenty twenty three. Oh yeah, that's right, baby. Now look, I mean you can point to the fact that he had Only six touchdowns last year by, you know, while being second in red zone targets with twenty twenty with with uh, with twenty seven, he had the highest red zone targets percentage in the league, and he's coming off of a career high ninety catches and and targets. Now, is he going to get one hundred and forty plus targets again? Probably not. But the previous two years, he had double digit touchdown seasons. He had twelve in twenty twenty one and ten in twenty twenty. So he's a double-digit touchdown guy in his sleep, and he even his rookie year. I think he had nine touchdowns. So over the the previous three years, uh, up until twenty twenty two, he was averaging double-digit touchdowns per year. Um, his his touchdown percentage was you know close to like eight ish over his first three NFL seasons, and then he went down to like four point three in twenty twenty two. He was ninth in air yards and ninth and and unrealized air yards. So there was a lot of meat left on the bone um, in twenty twenty. Uh, Two, um, as it pertains to Geno Smith, and Geno Smith had a phenomenal year, and they say he's even more aggressive in training camp. Um, er- early reports from the beat writers are saying that he's even more aggressive throwing the ball down the field, and so you know DK Metcalf stands to benefit that benefit from that greatly. Um, if you know, there's going to be some you know positive touchdown regression uh, coming his way, And so I-, I think DK Metcalf has has a path and a chance. Um, to finish as a top six, maybe even top five wide receiver. Look, he's playing in a division with two of the worst defenses in the league, and he gets to see them twice, the Cardinals and the Rams. Both of those defenses are basically projected to be at the very bottom of the league, if not the bottom, of the league. So he's going to see both of those secondaries. So that's four games right there that he's going to cook, and he's going to absolutely smash. And then he has, and then he has a favorable early season schedule, which includes the Rams, but he also has Detroit. He has the Giants. He has Carolina. All pretty favorable matchups uh, well, for, 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 for DK Metcalf. So I like him in the third round. And as of late, I've been smashing that draft button um, on DK Metcalf um, in the third round. So I like him. I think there is a very realistic path for him finishing as a top six wide receiver. I know they drafted JSN. A lot of people are projecting him to get a higher target share and to eat into his workload. But not me. DK Metcalf is a dude, and he's gonna get his. And I think he's in for a monster season.
1: Very, very aggressive. Expected fantasy points. He scored, you know, 36 points under that, which is a big number. So you do expect some regression here. What he does have against him is you know the addition of JSN, the addition of Zach Charbonnet, because from me projecting what the Seattle offense. Is gonna do. I I I would assume that they're gonna run a little bit more because we saw Geno Smith throw uh, more pass attempts than than they ever let Russ throw in his his tenure there. So you might have that against him. What also might be against him in, in terms of him reaching that top that top six is the fact that his he's not. He, you got to be a yak monster, and he was middle of the road in terms of yak. I, I think Tyler Lockett. Had I think almost 100 yards more yak-, yak than him. His target share has to be way more. I know his A dot was like at 12, which is pretty good, but in terms of like his targets have to be way more. And if they're not, then he has to be he has to be a little more efficient with the touches that he's getting. the The yards per route right run also needs to go up. I think he was right under two, right under the elite number. So if he can get above two, then he, I think he has a good chance because I think he finished with wide, finished wide receiver 14 last year. With Tyler Lockett finish wide receiver eleven, So
0: there are touchdowns. Six touchdowns. Yeah, that's
1: what six. Yes. yes. So there's elements for him to get there. There's also elements against him not to get there. But I I I hear you, man. This is really aggressive, and I like that. I like that a lot. Yep. All right. So I know we said we're gonna do four, but I do got a bonus one. We're both gonna also talk about a bonus one that we have. My bonus one also it doesn't it relates to Justin Fields because I was going the other way. So for me, DJ Moore was going to be not a top 24 wide receiver this coming season for the reasons that uh, the lowest pass attempts this past season, 23 per game. And like I said before, that if we're going to see this jump from Justin Fields that in terms of pass attempts alone is going to be something that we haven't seen in the league, I think maybe once or twice where somebody going from you no know, low 20s to you no know, high, you no know, low to mid 30s for it, for, for, you know, the passing offense in itself to have a chance to do the, to do what you're asking to do in, in, in reflection. If he can't do that, then I think that hurts DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a really good wide receiver, but we've only seen DJ Moore be above wide receiver 24 twice in his career, uh, let alone that I know he's played it with some pretty bad quarterbacks, um, uh, with his tenure in Carolina. So, um, on top of that, we got, you know, we got Mooney that's coming back. He's a solid wide receiver. You still got Cole Komet. I think Cole Komet was one of the tight ends. that had over a hundred targets. We do believe that the O-line is supposed to be better. We'll see. So if the O-line is better than the sack rates go down, then we see less, you know, less quarterback runs from fields, which should equal the more, you know, pass, you know, passing to, to DJ Moore. So, but I just don't think we're going to see some of the things that we're going to need to you know to see him get to like this four thousand dollars, uh four thousand yard number and twenty-five passing touchdowns. So my bonus was DJ Moore not being a top twenty-four wide receiver. Well you got we <laughs> <you> got Ike <laughs> you,
0: you 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 could not be more wrong <laughs> about about Dennis and Oliver Moore Jr. <laughs> yeah. You 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 literally just made the point for me, right? Okay. He hasn't been over he hasn't been he hasn't been over what you know, he hasn't been better than the top twenty-four receiver because look at the shit. Of quarterbacks <laughs> playing with. Now, look, a lot of people point to Justin Fields as being shit, right? Be- but because of how bad he played last year. But guess what? He didn't have anybody to throw the ball to consistently, right? But now, both of these guys, they need, they need each other. It's going to be a match made in heaven. Again, they're the, this is my highest owned stack, stack on underdog. And look, damned if I do, damned if I don't. I'll either sink or I'll, I'll either swim. It's one. It's it's one or the other. And so I'm I'm all in on this on this duo. When I mean, people forget, people forget Justin Fields was a prolific passer at Ohio State, um, and he was throwing to some all world guys. DJ Moore, DJ Moore is an all world guy, um, and he, as as he's been in the NFL, It's just been very very snake bitten by the quarterback play. But um, but you know we'll 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 see how it pans out. Where it's it's good to at least be on the opposite end uh, of things sometimes. Don't don't necessarily have to agree on every single thing. So. Yep. We'll 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 see who's right. I'm, it's going to be me, and and we'll <laughs> play out. All right. So I ha- also have a bonus, and we've been talking about a lot about running backs uh, to this point um, in the show, and we're just going to go to another backfield. We're going to go to the to the AFC North, a particular backfield in Pittsburgh, and it, it has to it has to do with uh, Jalen Warren and uh, Najee Harris. Very very polarizing names. Very, very polarizing names because a lot of people have had a lot to say about, you know, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, who's better, this, that, and the third. My bonus bold prediction is that Jalen Warren will outproduce Najee Harris. I, 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 said, I said what I said. Let let me repeat it for those in the back that didn't hear me. My bonus bold prediction is that Jalen Warren will outproduce Najee Harris. Fantasy football, twenty twenty three. Let's 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 go ahead and list a couple of reasons, right? Rushing yards, rushing yard efficiency, yards per carry, twenty twenty two. Najee Harris three point eight, Jalen Warren four point nine, yards after contact per carry. Najee Harris two point seven four, Jalen Warren three point zero eight, missed tackles forced per attempt. Najee Harris point two. Jalen Warren 0.25. explosive rush rate, Najee Harris 7%. Jalen Warren doubled him at 14%. Now let's go. Let's go to the receiving room because you know there, there's there's plenty more metrics I can list off, but let's just let's go to let's go to the receiving room real quick. PFF receiving grade, Najee Harris 61.9, Jalen Warren 79.8, yards per out run, Najee Harris 0.77. That's on par with our boy Alexander Madison, who I said that was pretty pathetic. But Jalen Warren, 1.24 yards per outrun, which is pretty damn good for a running back. Um, yards per reception, Najee Harris, 5.6. Jalen Warren, 7.6. Targets per outrun, okay, about even. Najee Harris, 18%. Jalen Warren, 19%. In the first preseason game, I know it's, I know it's one game and I know it's one series, and I know it's only 10 snaps. Jalen Warren played six, Nigeria played four of the starters. We'll see how that distribution changes in, 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 in game two, but it's something to just make a, a little note of. Don't necess- you, can a, you can take it with a you know, a, a grain of salt because it's not truly indicative of how, of how the season's going to go, but it's just something to point out. Because what, what, what do people always point to when they talk about Pittsburgh Steelers running backs under Mike Tomlin? Volume, volume, volume. He rides one guy. And, you know, he seemingly did that for the most part in Najee Harris' first two NFL seasons. But as Jalen Warren got more playing time in 2022, at, towards the end of 2022, he got, you know, towards the end of last year, towards, towards the end of last year, he got around, over the last six or seven games, he averaged a 30-plus percent snap share. His snap snap rates were starting to increase, and that's more than, you know, a backup running back normally gets in a Pittsburgh backfield that's dominated by one guy. Again, like Najee Harris has been basically bad if you look at every single, not every single advanced metric, but most advanced metrics that actually matter for running backs. Najee Harris has been pretty bad through his first two NFL seasons. The biggest thing that he's had going for him is volume, but I think this is the first year that we can kind of pinpoint that volume might be in trouble. Those the, those you know eighty plus snap percent rates might be in trouble because a lot of Steelers beat reporters are saying the Steelers are going to have a hard time keeping not uh, Jalen Jalen Warren off the field. Jalen Warren is going to they're going to have a hard time keeping him off the field, and so the the Steelers. I mean, they look again. They've invested in their offensive line. You know, Broderick Jones in the first round at pick fourteen, which was a, a steal for them. They dropped the Darnell Washington in the second round. He's just mauling dudes uh, since we since we've uh, since training camp is kicked off in the first preseason game. So yeah, I, I, there's Najee Harris's stranglehold on that backfield is in danger because like the guy behind him was better than him in a lot of advanced metrics, and I feel like that can continue in twenty twenty three.
1: Spicy man, spicy. Um... Got to be got to be spicy that's very spicy it should be interesting uh I'm not sure if I can roll with that but I can I can I get because the reports have been like very glowing for Jalen Warren and Mike Thomas tendency is the ride one guy to the dirt I would need Jalen Warren to he would need to eat inside some of that inside the five percentage I mean he Najee had have 43 percent of the inside the five carries and Jalen only have five percent if he can dabble in that then you got a chance. I mean, Najee had almost a 50% stuff rate with his carries. That's a lot of that's a lot of stuffs for somebody that had over that had almost 250 attempts. Half of those were stuffed.
0: Well Um, what was Jalen Warren's stuff
1: rate? 42%. So I mean that's even high for someone that had 71 carries, but I mean that yards per carry is telling because they're both playing playing with the same O line. Same had O
0: line but last year.
1: Jalen Warren almost had two percentage points uh, uh, in terms of uh, expect percentage of runs that went over 15 yards. Uh, If you go and look at percentage in terms of uh, runs that went over one yard, three yard, five yard, 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards, Jalen Warren beat him in all those, every single one of them. Uh, So just rushing the ball itself. Yes. Jalen looked like a better rusher last year. So should be interesting. And receiving. Yeah. (laughs) And receiving. I mean, I'm not even. (laughs) So. All it is is it's on Matt Kennedy, honestly. I mean
0: I mean Najee Harris uh, had what uh, he went from 94 targets in 2021 to 53. Yeah. basically in half. Like that his target, yeah. his targets were slashed in half in 2022. So Yeah. There's opportunity for Jalen Warren. I mean, just don't, yeah. don't sleep. I mean, look, early on, Najee Harris may have the lion's share of the of the work, but as the season progresses, don't be surprised if Jalen Warren outproduces him. That's all I'm saying. It's a possibility. It's out there. There's a lot of metrics that support <laughs> this. So I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, it's spicy. I like it. I like it. Bold predictions, man. Make sure y'all you know, tap in with us and let us know what, how you felt about our bold predictions. Follow us on Twitter. We'll post, post some of these on, on Twitter, on TikTok. We're on TikTok Off The Line Fantasy. So if you find us there, you'll see some of our videos. You can you know, message us there, message us on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts on some of these as you listen to this podcast. Uh, so, again, make sure you tap into the All Gas newsletter that drops every Friday at 7 a.m. You can find it on Destination Devi' Twitter account. You can find it on any of our Twitter accounts when we forward it. You know, the season's almost here, man. I'm excited, excited, man. Just a lot of drafting. I know we got some of our keeper our keeper league, some of our redraft leagues popping off. I'm hitting hitting underdog hard for this last little stretch. I'm trying to trying to see if I can max uh something i know they dropped a puppy on uh, underdog they draft uh, dropped another contest with a 500 hundred dollar entry so for, for some of the big ballers if you want to enter in that they got that for you so uh, if you're new to the underdog you haven't tapped into that make sure you use our promo code off the line uh otff you get a ten if you deposit at least ten dollars they they match you 100 100 percent up to 100 dollars And if you deposit $10, you'll get into the Destination Debit Discord where we talk about lineup strategy, draft strategy, even like the weekly winner strategy, just all things trying to tackle one of these tournaments down on underdog. So, Ike, you got anything before we get up out of here?
0: No, fun show. Look forward to doing this one every single year. Uh, My bold predictions are going to be better than yours as they were last year. <laughs> so, uh what, what was what was the
1: record on those last year if you, if you uh if you remember? I was
0: I was 3 and 2. I was 3 and 2 and I think you were like 1 and 4.
1: Let me I'm trying to see. I got Jalen Hurts right. I did not
0: get Higgins well, right. Okay, but that wasn't really bold though, right? I mean
1: <laughs> I mean
0: Joe oh. uh, mm. G- Everett
1: top thir- uh 12, he finished at 13, so I missed that one. Kadarius Tony over a thousand yards, that was a complete flop. Higgins leading the Bengals in receiving, that missed. Uh, and then I, think well. I had, yeah, yeah, it was close, but yeah, I had Adam Thielen for uh, ten plus touchdowns for third straight season. That missed, and then I had Metcalf and Lockett outside the top twenty-four, and these guys finished in the top fourteen. So woof. <laughs> 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 wolf big big ass wolf man
0: but now nah, so, uh I, I think i had i had fields top eight i had yeah. stevenson top 15 Who was the other one i had oh i had i had another i had another one. who was the other one i had um
1: i also had aaron jones to lead the packers and receptions he tied he tied that one so but yeah still it just wasn't didn't didn't turn out too good for hold me on, let
0: me see what was my what was the ones i had
1: I think you had Mike, didn't you have a oh, yeah. Michael Pittman one?
0: I had Miles Sanders double-digit touchdowns. That was my that oh, yeah. was my third, that was the third yeah. one I hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we
1: both, and we both knew that was going to hit.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then I, I think I had Dak as top three that, that missed. I had yeah. Sky Moore outscoring Juju that missed. And then I think that was, that was it, right? But yeah, this one probably going to be much better than, much better this year and definitely going <laughs> to hit. So out of out of so let's just let's just recap the ball predictions for the people's.
1: So mine's were Travis Etienne finishes outside the top 18 running backs. Deontay Johnson would be a top 15 wide receiver. George Kittle would finish outside the top seven tight ends. James Cook would be a top twelve running back. And DJ Moore would not be a top twenty-four wide receiver.
0: And then mine was uh, Justin Fields will throw for four thousand yards and twenty five plus touchdowns. Uh, DK Metcalf is a top six wide receiver. Alexander Madison will not finish. Will finish outside of the top thirty running backs, so he's getting drafted as an RB eighteen. He won't even be top thirty. That's that's Mm. how that's how bold I'm. how bold and spicy (laughs) I'm I'm making this. And uh, Greg Dolchich uh, will finish as a top five tight end. And then my bonus was Jalen Warren will outscore Najee Harris.
1: Mm. Spicy. On that note y'all make sure y'all tap in with us next week maybe we drop some some more spicy joints for y'all so until then y'all be safe peace